They're scrambled. Usually get a good look at it. Shots blocked by Shane Gilgis Alexander. Rookie against rookie. Patrick Beverly joins us on SportsCenter. He plays on the best team in L.A. Great five seconds. Zimmer's bringing in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. What's up guys, it's been a while, my apologies, welcome back to another Clippers Pulse podcast, I'm joined today by my good friend Brendan, how's it going Brendan, how's life? It's going good man, it's always great to be on your podcast. It's always great to have you on the podcast dude, always great. So, I'm sorry guys, I've been away for a little while, I had a few personal issues crop up, but I'm back and it's going to be back to business as usual now. So, before I disappeared... I put out a mailbag now this is quite old but I'm going to try and get through every question on here however for this episode there was one question that I felt like we needed to focus on for the duration of an episode now this question was put down by OG Big Baller I like the name Brendan do you like that name yeah he kind of sounds like a Laker fan to me though so I'm a little sus here (laughs) I can see where you're coming from I don't know yeah, so what he put down was, yeah, I would love to see all the scenarios for free agency and possible trades talked about and explained. Also, with Shamit starting and playing well, what does the future for Robinson entail? He was originally picked to be the backcourt of the future with Shea. Yeah, all of this is a great question. What I want to do is, first of all, we I want myself and Brendan are just going to kind of break down a little bit of where the Clippers are at with the cap, what that means a uh, breakdown that I'm not sure if everybody knows, depending on how long you've been in the league, depends on what sort of Matt's contract you can get. It actually scales up due to years of service in the league. Then we'll go into possible trade scenarios. We'll talk about that. We'll hit on the main free agents we think that are going to be beneficial to the team. We're going to avoid the smaller name guys and just go for the big fish. And then we'll end with Robinson. Brendan, you ready to jump in or? Let's do it. Okay, so Brendan, I know you're the cap guy. Uh, we had a little chat beforehand. I like looking at the cap myself. So as things stand, the Clippers currently have 59 mil in cap space. And obviously, as we just mentioned, due to the different types of contracts that can be offered due to time served in the league, realistically, the Clips need to be looking at roughly 70 million in available cap space for this year, if they want to be able to kind of go after these big name free agents. Do you see any way around that? Not really. I mean, the main way that you guys would get to that number would be getting rid of Gallinari, obviously. You know, the only contracts that you have, the biggest ones after that you have locked up next year, are Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, who are absolute steals at their 8 and 6 million. So it's really, you got to drop Gallo for that. Two six-man candidates, both in the same team. No chance on earth I'm willing to let either of them leave. No. No chance in earth. contracts. And I agree. I've said this on multiple podcasts now. If we really want to improve, Gallo doesn't fit the timeline. He had a great year this year. Let's not take anything away from him. He's aging. He's got a really bad injury history. He's the guy that needs to be moved. So I know me and you spoke about this before we got on. Let's start with what we're going to do is we're going to go team and then we're going to go trade and we'll discuss and then go to the next team and the next trade. So the first one we've got is the Hawks. This is actually a really good one. I like this. I'm a big fan of this. So this is 
a possible trade would be Prince for Gallo. Now, I like Taurine Prince, dude. I think him and Hara have a very similar style of play. I think they'd really play well together. And the contract coming back frees up that 70 million, if not a little bit more. Yeah. You know, Prince as a player is interesting to me. I really liked him not last year, but the year before. He was, I want to say, maybe even the leading scorer on that Hawks team for a little while there. And then kind of lost his place when you saw John Collins and Trey Young really going off as their two-man there. And Prince is more of a shot creator. And like, and he's on his rookie deal still. You know, it is only three and a half million about. So you're definitely clearing more than enough for two max spaces. And I, I just, fit-wise is interesting to me because he is a shot creator. He usually takes a few dribbles before, before he throws it up. You don't see him doing too much catch and shoot. But this is, I mean, that's a great deal for clearing, just clearing the gallow space. And you probably, I would guess, have to throw in a pick there also. Do you know what your pick situation looks like? Yeah, dude. I mean, I wouldn't say that we're Boston-level stat for picks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a fair few decent picks. I don't know how many of them I'd be willing to give up. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind giving up this year's second-round pick, the Portland pick. I feel that would be a decent sweetener. You've got no chance on earth of getting the twenty-first, the 2021 Miami pick from me if it was yeah. my decision. Like, fuck that, no. I don't think Miami are going to be very competitive in the coming years. I feel like that pick's super valuable. Yeah. The I don't really feel like you should be giving up the Sixers pick either, especially for someone like Prince that's going to be at best a bench player when we're talking about freeing up cap space to run at these big name free agents. Yeah, and that Sixer pick is a first rounder next year, right? The Sixer pick, yeah. So it's one to fourteen protected. Okay. So yeah, which they'll definitely be in the playoffs in Philadelphia, especially in the East. I, I, I think that you might be forced to give up that first rounder though, because teams are going to have you in a situation where they know you have to get rid of this Gallo contract. I mean, my outlook on it is, as long as it's the Sixers pick, then. I can kind of live with it in terms of if that's what it takes to be able to land a Kawhi Leonard and a Kevin Durant and probably, you know, in this draft, in this trade scenario, have the money to retain Beverly as well, then it's kind of a means to an end. I'm not too fussed about losing out on a 15th or lower pick in next year's draft if it means being able to acquire players of that caliber and keep Beverly. Yeah, I don't blame you. And then it looks like you also still have your own first round picks also that could technically be used. So at least either way, if you're using one of those or Philly, which other, which, whichever the other team prefers, that you would still have a first round pick to work with next year. Yeah. And you could kind of live with it. It's just dependent on what they're asking for. You know, a lot of the teams are going to try and push their look and ask for that 2021 pick. Like you say, they know that you need to move that. And it's not like they're actively going to help you improve. No. So there's no way that Miami pick, like you said, especially with the new lottery odds. I mean, Miami is in the East. So there's a good chance they're sneaking into like that eight spot. But we saw like what the Pelicans had. I think they were ninth or 10th best odds. And then they hopped up to one. And I want to say that it was three of the four teams between 
10 between 8 to 12 jumped into the top 3 like that Miami pick has a lot of value yeah this draft actually probably made it more valuable yeah so moving on the next team that we'd be looking at would be the Mavericks trade scenario would be Courtney Lee for Gallo I'm not as big on this one I can see why both sides would look to do this the Mavs need somebody like Gallo Courtney Lee provides solid shooting. I do feel like having Williams on that team, kind of, you know, we don't really need Courtney Lee. But it frees, again, it's a means to an end. It frees up the cap space. Courtney Lee can play well for a few months and then maybe get packaged in the deal later on in the year. Can never rule that out. What's your take on this? Yeah, and this Courtney Lee one, very borderline clears up that cap space. So there's a chance to it, but at the same time, like I, I haven't crunched the exact numbers, so I don't. I'm not a hundred percent on this. The other guy on the Dwight, uh, the other guy on the Mavericks that is a little less. He has a player option. I would expect him to take this. Would be Dwight Powell. He's a four. He can space the floor a bit there. He's a hustle guy, and maybe they are happy with that because like you said I mean the Mavericks could use a small forward and this is just based on if they don't get you know I've seen them rumored to be going after Kemba and Vucevic but even then I mean they have like 50 million worth of cap so I feel like I'd be much happier taking Powell I like the gritty hustle play guys in fact the entire Clipper team is built on gritty hustle players at the moment yeah uh it's Doc Rivers players pretty yeah, much dude it's the identity of the team bringing in another guy that plays with that sort of chip on his shoulder for, you know, while clearing cap space. So realistically, in my eyes, that's kind of like a a low a low cost bring, dude. It's a low cost buy that's going to fit directly in with the way your team plays, the mindset of the team, and still gives you the flexibility and freedom to do what you want to do during the summer. That's I'm happy to throw in a pick there, dude. Yeah, I think that could do okay for you. And like I said, he has that player option, but again, it's just expiring. So, I mean, you're trading expiring for expiring here. It's not going to lock you up after this year. And then that would give you enough for these two max guys. But it wouldn't give you enough like the Prince one would or Len to also go and sign someone like Beverly. Yeah, and this is where the front office have to get a little bit creative. I really don't want Beverly to leave. We'll touch on that towards the end of the podcast, though, so I'm not going to go too deep into it now. However, I do understand that somewhere, if if both big-name free agents and, and the Clippers get lucky and we do manage to bring in two of those guys, then hard decisions do have to be made. I'm under no illusions of that. But it's not something, it's obviously there's a best case scenario, there's a worst case scenario, then there's everything in between. So you kind of have to look at it in a vacuum. Personally though, Courtney Lee, no, not really for me. Powell, definitely, I'm up for that all day long. So we move on. I'm on board with you there. Yeah, Yeah. I think Powell will be good, dude. We got Indiana next. This one's kind of a long shot. I don't see Indiana being willingly giving this up. But again, these are possible trade scenarios. So we've got McDermott. Uh, again, we're going to have to throw in some picks to sweeten deal, but it'll be McDermott for Gallo. Yeah, and McDermott will have next year and the year after, both for about $7.3 million, which really is a steal of a contract. It's not very much, and he's a really good spacing 
guy. He shoots amazingly from deep. And Indiana has a lot of cap space. They're sitting about $48 million, but they're going to have to sign. I would assume they're bringing back Bogdanovich. And then maybe they have Gallo coming off the bench. This is a little, why it's a little bit of a stretch because the fit's interesting. And they're also my prediction to get Mike Conley because to me, Conley is on the market now after John Morant likely going to Memphis at two. And Conley's from Indiana, but that's what the money would look like if you were fitting a guy because everyone else they have on contract is really young, like TJ Leaf, Sabonis, Turner. You're not going to be able to touch any of those guys. So, uh, McDermott is about the only one. And he would fit great. I mean, like I said, the the spacing would be would be great as a as a guy just coming off the bench, almost in like a Mike Scott type minute role. Imagine him and Shamut both coming off the bench. The spacing oh, those God. two would provide. Yeah, with the Lou Will from the deep. Oh, dude, the Lou Will and Montrez pick and roll with <laughs> that spacing. It would be for oh, dude, man, don't I'm salvating. Yeah, I need I that in my it. life, man. Fuck, that'd be amazing, dude. Shit, I'd have to book extra flights, man. I'd want to see that live so much. I really feel like that'd be really beneficial. I don't blame you. Yeah, that that definitely would. That'd be nice for you, but I could see it taking like a first and a second in there also because yep. Indiana does really like that contract. Take the <laughs> dude. You can yep. go and take uh, the Portland second. You can take the Sixers first. You can take Gallo. Just giving me. Yeah. Like it frees up it you've got enough money to go after you two big free agents, you can keep Bev. Yeah. Uh, obviously we're I gonna touch on Robinson as well. I'm high on Robinson, so uh I'll be singing his praises shortly. But no I like that deal, very unlikely, but it would be a very, very, very nice pickup. I'd be very happy. Yeah. Which brings us on to the final one. This one spoke about a lot on social media, not so much on Reddit, but more on Twitter. I see a lot of this conversation happening on Twitter, and that's a straight swap Stephen Adams for Gallo. Now, for that, there is no pick getting thrown in. I don't agree with this trade simply because it doesn't free up cap space. In fact, it hinders cap space quite a bit. Yeah, uh, He doesn't provide spacing. I get it. He's a great rim protector. He can roll really well. He's gritty. I like the way he plays, but is it really worth removing yourself from the KD and Kawhi dream or the, you know, fit player X here next to KD or Kawhi? For me, it's not an ideal trade. I don't know if you think differently, Brendan. I think that if you're trading away Gallo, it's more than likely... I mean, obviously, maybe that you're trading him away because there's different role players that you like, but I feel like it's going to be because you have a promise that, hey, I want to go there. Just make the cap space for me. Like, my guess is that you're getting Kawhi, and then there's one other guy that says, yeah, I'm willing to go there. So that's why you're freeing the cap space. But if you don't have another guy that says that, then maybe how would you like say that you're able to get Steven Adams for Gallo, your Kawhi Leonard, and you're able to keep Beverly still? I mean, because Steven Adams would be like a secondary option if you strike out on that second max contract, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm operating in a vacuum at the moment of the fact that we're looking for both of these stars. Realistically, if we get Kawhi or KD 
or Butler or whoever else it may be, plus Stephen Adams, I'm chill with that, dude. I feel like Stephen Adams' numbers are hindered anyway just because he plays next to Westbrook. I feel like yeah. he'd be pulling down more boards than, you know, he comes to a team where oh, you yeah. don't have Westbrook jumping over everybody to get every rebound. Yeah, the OKC strategy is everyone box out and Russell grab the board. Like, Steven Adams is definitely a better rebounder than his numbers. And even his numbers are fine in that regard, but he's good at that. And he runs the floor really well. He sets extremely hard screens. Everyone in the NBA says that Steven Adams, when you get hit by one of his screens, it's like nobody else. He's the strongest guy in the league. He's still only 25 years old. I mean, I don't think he's bad. I think that OKC just lacks shooting so damn much that Steven Adams, that's why he's possibly on the market and we still don't even know if that's technically true i'd be happy look i said this before i'd be happy to bring adams in if it if we already had one of the big name stars if we want both then he's not the right guy to be going after but acquiring one of these guys is difficult enough trying to get two of these names dude that's fucking hard work yeah it's damn near impossible at least there's a lot of names, but like you don't want a point guard. You know, Shea is your point guard of the future, so that eliminates mm-hmm. Kemba Kyrie. I don't think that Tobias would come back. I, I mean, do you think he would? Because that's interesting to me. Look, I can't see why not. Like, look, you've you've gone to Philly, it hasn't worked out. It's working really fucking well down in LA right now, bro. You know? Um we're looking yeah. like we're improving every year. We've got one of the best front offices in the league. It's a great situation. You already know yeah. your surroundings. You know most of the teammates. So there's no integration, really. Yeah. But You think there's no hard feelings? Well, there's always going to be some hard feelings. The worst thing is, as well, is when a trade happens like that, and then the team that you got traded from actually improves or you know goes on to exceed those expectations, and you're like, damn, those guys can do it without me. Maybe he might feel like he's got unfinished business. Yeah. That's fair. So I think that he could still be on the table. Um, Clay Thompson, to me, is not leaving Golden State. I don't think there's any chance of that. I think people have pipe pipe dreams of him. And then, I mean, Vucevic? Are you really throwing a max at Vucevic, though? No, no. I'd throw him a nice contract, dude. I would. I'm not lying. I'm not going to say. But I don't think he's max contract caliber. And I, I know teams get sucked into, we've got cap money, we've got to spend it. But that's not for me, dude. Go pick up a few guys on one years and then have cap space next year for that free agency class. Don't yeah. Vooch is great, dude. Don't get me wrong. But he's not max level great. No. that That's going to be some team that's desperate, you know, or really needs the fit. And then the other guy on this list is, I mean, Jimmy Butler. I, I, I don't think I mentioned him. I think that there's a possibility for that. And then Middleton is another situation where, to me, there's just no chance he's leaving Milwaukee. So that only leaves us with a few, you know? It's very likely that you're not ending up with two of these guys. Yeah, it's very. It's more likely than not. I mean, let's be honest with you. It's, yeah. There's, there's a very good chance we end up with none of them. Let's be honest. I mean, none of us want to accept that, but it's but a possibility. If Kyrie or Kemba says that they're willing to go there, do you do that or do you not because of shy? I have this argument on Twitter a lot. You've, there's different mindsets when it comes to this. And 
I struggle to accept that partly because me personally, I'm more about the process. Like you enjoy victory more when you've been through the process. As a Clippers fan, that process seems to never fucking end. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we've got Shea, we've got Shamit, we've got Montrez. I want, I want to see the Clippers win with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to be bringing in Kemba or Kyrie and then Shea has to move to the bench. I mean, especially with Kyrie, because we see, we saw what it did to Rozier in Boston, how it affected and the media circus. And no, I'd much rather we have needs elsewhere on the court. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I mean, the only guys you're really looking at, you know, Kyrie, I mean, uh, sorry, Kawhi, um, Durant, couldn't think of the name, and Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. So, like we said, I mean, it's really likely you're ending up with one of these guys. So, Steven Adams isn't terrible there. If if OKC's willing to do that, I would, if I'm in the Clippers' shoes, I'd consider that. He's only yeah. 25, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. Who's your ideal pairing with him? I mean, if we're going to stick to this Duck Rivers gritty chip on your shoulder he and fits. you bring in Steven Adams, you want you want Butler, dude. Yeah, but I mean, I'm never turning down one of Durant or Kawhi Leonard. Oh, and fuck I think, no. Yeah. I feel I like really, Kawhi... I really think that Kawhi has a good chance of going to LA. I feel like Kawhi, the worst... They're getting their asses whooped right now from Milwaukee. The more it's a possibility he walks, but it could also work the opposite way. You know, he feels like he owes it to Toronto to re-up. Yeah, it's interesting because that team has blown when Kawhi's not on the floor. Siakam's been the only other good guy. Lowry had his best playoff game of all time in game two, but he hasn't been showing up. No, that's not going to, yeah, it's not going to happen over and over. And I just think that there's a good chance that Kawhi's out there. Like, it seems like he's an L.A. type guy. Well, he's always said he wants to play in L.A. Yeah, it's home. I mean, it's a better situation, to be honest. I don't think he owes anything to Toronto. I don't think there's many better situations in the league right now than what the Clippers are at. And I will like to say this, just while we're on the topic of situations... Resigning Jerry West for another year is as big as landing one of them free agents. I can't, yeah, you can't under understate how phenomenal that guy is and how much he actually just lifts like the atmosphere. Like him and Bulmer, dude, like that that franchise is set just because of how Mm. they're run from top to bottom. How funny is that to say about the Clippers? Like, I feel you being a Kings fan where it's like saying that oh my god like we're a preferable free agent destination like free agents will like us like this is so new this is new territory dude but i'm fucking you're talking about, stoked yeah it's it's amazing dude and you're talking about jerry west like how amazing is it when you're sitting at these pitches to have literally the fucking logo of the nba sitting across from you yeah you know? exactly like i feel like how can i word it I feel like having him at these pitches is why it's almost, in my brain, almost unfathomable that we won't get at least one of these guys because he's there. And the 
and you're coming and it's not just him. You're being coached by Doc Rivers, one of the best yep. coaches in the league. You're LA. in, you're in LA. We've got the cap space. You've got all these young guys that handled themselves so professionally during the playoffs and during the season. Shea's been a revelation. Shamit's the new Reddick. Uh, Robinson's shown promise, dude. Like we're going to touch on Robinson shortly. I just feel like it would be an utterly devastating blow to come away with no one. Yeah, but I, I guess if we're going to talk about it, if you don't come away with anybody, you're still on a good path. Oh, you know, yeah, you for have sure. a lot of these young guys. For sure, dude. And, and Make a few pickups. Next, next couple of years of free agency. Yeah, couple of few, a few pickups. I said on a previous podcast, I'm big on Rodney Hood, dude. Like, if we... <laughs> I don't know why I'm so big on this guy at the moment. He's been balling out. Yeah, dude. And he's a free agent. He's not going to take, he's not going to cost the earth. You could probably get him on a team friendly contract. Have him as a bench player, maybe, if we don't get these big, wherever he comes off, he's, he can play at multiple positions. He can score his playoff experience. And he's another guy in the locker room that doesn't seem to be a problem, you know, and that's a big key as well personality has to be a factor yeah so does that mean that jimmy butler worries you jimmy butler worries me definitely however especially for the young guys but i think duck is one of the coaches that could handle him if duck rivers has handled kevin garnett then (laughs) i think jimmy butler's a walk in the park yeah i never like i okay obviously jimmy went about it the complete wrong way i feel like i've said this a hundred million times in uh, he went about it the complete wrong way in Minnesota, handled it terribly. You know, asking Rachel Nichols to have that interview, yelling at the guys in practice and thing like things like this. But Jimmy's just an intense guy. He went about it the wrong way, but he wasn't wrong in what he said. I know you and me have been breaking down the Wizards a lot recently, and Wiggins is the worst guy about this in the league. He's on a max contract, doesn't hustle in the slightest, and Cat kind of started to hustle a little bit more this year but it's just frustrating to jimmy where it's like you know you guys have so much freaking talent but you're just not hustling like he went there with the expectations of becoming a legit contender and that didn't happen i don't think he's gonna have an issue with any of the hustle guys on the clippers that guy is gonna love montrez harrell shy gilgis alexander it's mainly the defensive end where he gets on them and you guys play legit on that side I can't see it being a problem. And just so everyone gets a bit of clarity, when Brendan said we've been breaking down the Wizards, what we do is we have a Twitch page called Dissecting the Game. We've we've been recently breaking down film from Wizards versus Minnesota, which is why we know that Wiggins sucks ass. (laughs) (laughs) Wiggins didn't even play in that game, and we still know he sucks ass. Yeah, dude. I mean, we, we, we do more than one game's worth of film, so we know he sucks ass. But you yeah. can always log in and catch us there Wednesdays and Sundays, is it, Brendan? I think that it is Fridays and Wednesdays. If there I'm you right. go. And Wednesdays and gonna... Fridays, you yeah. can catch us on there. But going back, yeah, I think he'd really fit well. I don't see him having a problem either. What's up, guys? Have you heard of Podcoin, the new podcast app that pays you to listen to your favorite podcast? Well, we're on there, along with thousands of other podcasts, Earn coins for listening to your favourite podcast and save those coins to buy gift cards or vouchers to go and get yourself a nice cup of coffee. 
Or if you're feeling generous, you can donate those coins to charity. Or if you'd rather use that coin and save it to then go and buy yourself a big gift such as, I don't know, maybe some Bose headphones, then you can do that too. That's Podcoin, available on all your major app stores, P-O-D-C-O-I-N. And you can find us there every day of the week. And to touch on Robinson now, as that was the last part of the question asked by Mr. OG Big Baller, I see Robinson getting a minutes increase, but still coming off the bench. He was drafted to be, you know, our backcourt of the future along with Shea. I feel like that's still part of the game plan. He's a bit more raw than Shea is. He proved in the playoffs that he can play D and he can be a solid contributor. I'd like to see him take a bit of a leap this year. Probably, I want to see him earn a few extra minutes when needed, step into a starting role for a few of the games through the season, and then kind of just let us, let him grow, and we can evaluate him as that happens. So, look, improvement isn't linear. Players don't just improve in a straight line. It's, it's up and down. Yeah. There's going to be bumps in the road. They're going to have stretches where they fucking suck. Then they're going to have stretches where they're amazing and it's finding the consist, the consistency towards the amazing, which is when you can really start saying this guy deserves a starting role. Currently at the yeah. minute, I like the intensity that he brings. I feel like our second unit actually brings really, really intense D. They're, they're just an intense bunch of guys. And I feel like Robinson had fit really well with that second unit with an increase in minutes. Yeah, I mean, kid's only 22 years old, you know, and first year in the league, it, Doc Rivers isn't a guy known for playing rookies. Like, Shea is just an outlier because they didn't really have a point guard, and he just played out of his mind. I take that back. You know, they had Beverly, but Shea played amazingly this year, and that's the reason that he worked his way into that role, definitely deserving of that. But Robinson's just going to take a little bit more time. My question for you is that I feel like as a shooting guard, it kind of overlaps with Lou Williams. So I almost think that he's going to get more minutes after Lou is gone after this year, more than likely. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him get more minutes this year. Probably not coming off at the two. He might come in at, you know, he might have stretches at the three he's not exactly big but he's not tiny neither yeah uh, six five yeah you can play you can play legitimate minutes at the three dude like but obviously he's the long-term successor to lou will he doesn't play similar basketball but he's very do you know what learning from lou will and having pat beverly around for the way that robinson plays d he hasn't really got bad role models there dude he's gonna learn from these guys i do want to see him get more minutes though not that he hasn't had hasn't had a fair share of minutes through the season but i feel like you need exposure into these situations that are going to make you uncomfortable and make you have bad games to improve yeah i mean less than 10 minutes per game on the year you know not great if we could make a super player that had Patrick Beverly's defense and Lou Williams offense. I think that guy could be a legit MVP candidate. Like <laughs> that, yeah, you're right. Those are amazing role models. Yeah, dude. And I feel like Robinson with 
You know, he's never come out and said anything about his minutes. He's had games where he's played a few minutes, like more than 10. He's had games where he's played rarely any. But that's just because of the situation he's in. And sometimes it's better to develop away from that limelight and then step in when needed and play solid, good basketball and then step away again and make that next step in your improvement and then come back and do the same than just sucking in front of the whole world. Coaches, you know, scouts watch you play. If you suck, coming up to contract time, everyone knows you suck. If you're stepping in when needed and performing admirably, people are probably, you're probably going to increase your chances of staying in the league till you're at a point where you've improved enough. RJ Hunter, dude. RJ Hunter had many. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say shout out to Terry Rozier, dude. Yeah, dude. People like that, like RJ, you know, solid shooter. Threw into the league probably before he was ready. Bounced around a few teams. Whenever he played, he sucked because he didn't get that chance to develop away from the limelight, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it helps. And by that, I mean not being in the G League where everyone's like, oh, you suck. You've been sent to the G League. Just being around these guys in the locker room, on the training floor, you know, and just improving and learning from these guys. I feel like Robinson's got a really good future it's just yeah, not I mean, playoff this minutes season. against golden state you know yeah like, solid playoff experience. minutes dude yeah these weren't just like garbage time minutes like the guy came in and put a shift in man he played solid minutes his defense really surprised me i did not know he had that. he weren't taking no prisoners him and pat bev have got a blood pack going on we're gonna lock these motherfuckers up <laughs> that's what we're doing yeah do we want to talk about the Beverly contract a little bit? Yeah, last talking point, guys. Pat Bev, I want him to stay, dude. I know um, me and you spoke about it before, Mr. I can never pronounce his name. Is it Jovan or Jovan? I want to say it's Jovan. We'll go with Jovan. <laughs> so what was Jovan saying? Eight to ten mil, three years. Yeah, he said eight to ten million for two to three years. That if it's less years, that he'd be willing to go a little bit more. So maybe that ten million, so like two years, twenty million, or three years, twenty-seven, something like that. And that surprises me. And he's saying, you know, it's because the injury history, which I get, but I think that there's a chance that a team offers him more money than that. I I was expecting him to go for anywhere between twelve and eighteen million a year. Yeah, and I think 18 is a little steep, but like I-, I cover the Kings pretty closely. I mean, I'm throwing a three-year, $36 million at Patrick Beverly in a heartbeat. Yeah, dude. The reason I put the 18 mil is because there's going to be a miniature sweepstakes for Pat Bev just because of yeah. what he brings, you know? Yeah, I mean, teams desperately need point guards like Chicago, Phoenix, Orlando kind of is in there also, or they definitely need a point guard, but Beverly just doesn't seem like a great fit. But there's teams that really could spend money on this guy. Yeah, 12 to 18 million. It's anything in that range. And Yeah, I mean, if you get him for this 8 to 10, I- I'm doing that instantly. I feel like the Clippers have got a chance of doing that just because he's been around, you know, he's been here this year. He knows what they're trying to achieve. And it's kind of one of them scenarios. And it's the same league-wide, dude, when you've got free agents that you want to retain. He might want to wait and see who who we bring in, you know? What chance yeah. have I got of winning a ring? Because it's not yeah. like Pat Bev hasn't earned a fuckload of cash in NBA 
like terms. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He's earned a fuckload of cash. Put him next yeah. to other embryo players. That that motherfucker broke. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. What does that make us, dude? Like, holy shit. Oh, we're peasants, dude. Peasants. <laughs> yeah. We spend all our money going to watch these guys. Look, Seriously. Fuck it. I, I do transatlantic flights to come and see these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But, um, no, I feel like, you know, he might wait to see what happens there before making a decision. He's definitely, I mean, he's entitled to enjoy this free agency experience, to speak to these teams, to see how they recruit. Everybody wants to feel wanted, man. Go around, talk to as many of them as you can. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of tripping out. Patrick Beverly's only been in the league for five years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, he's 30 years old. I take it he spent four years in college. But, like, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a whole lot of teams that would like this guy. So, Your team being one of them. That my, the Kings definitely being one of them. But, I mean, Jovan knows what he's talking about. So if, if that range really is $10 million, then the Clippers have a really good chance if they're able to offload that Gallo contract for something like Tory and Prince like we talked about. Tory and Prince is my best case out of all those trades that we spoke about that's my best case scenario for cap flexibility if we're talking about you know uh covering our base because we don't we don't expect to bring in two then steven adams then becomes best case but steven yeah i mean that could work you'd still keep bev if you bring in steven adams because you've still got that 59 million cap space so just to break that down as well Brendan, have you got the figures up? So, depending on how long you've been in the league, depends on what sort of salary you yeah. get when offered a max. Do you have those numbers in front of you? I do. And they're estimates because we don't know what the full salary cap, what the max uh, salary cap is for next year. But roughly, you know, zero to six years is one max contract is the first tier of it. But these guys are not going to be... Um, all, all these guys are either in the seven to nine year range or Durant is in the 10 plus. And how it works is that zero to six years is 25% of your salary cap. Seven to nine years of experience is 30% and 10 plus years is 35%. And also you're eligible for max extension for super maxes. If you've been on an all NBA team or if you have an MVP or defensive player of the year. So Durant is part of that also. Um, and, you know, the seven to nine years, a uh, max contract is going to look like four years, 140 million. If you're moving to a new team, it's going to be about 33 million in the first year. And the 10 plus years is going to be four years, 106, $164 million, about 38 million in the first year. So you're obviously throwing a lot of money, but I mean, these guys are all worth it. As long as you're not putting the freaking four years, 141 million in Vucevic. Yeah, which is why I said he's not max level skilled, yeah. dude. But that's why we were saying it would, you know, it would probably be about 70 million. We were rounding up a little bit there, uh, guessing that maybe Durant is part of that. But if it's two of the seven to nine year guys, which is pretty much everyone that's not Durant out of these big name free agents. Then you're looking at about 66 million, you know, so maybe that Courtney Lee type trade works, but then you don't have enough for Beverly. 
And I feel so, like Courtney Lee, when you've already got Lou Williams, is kind of just, we don't need him, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think he'd be a decent 3 and D guy, but your shooting guard position is a little stacked already. Like, we talked about Robinson, too. That's just going to give him even less minutes. Yeah. I mean, shooting guard is not a point, a position that I'm worried about. The 4, the 5, the 3, I'm happy to take people at any of those. Dwight Powell. Uh, yeah, dude, bring me, give me Dwight Powell. I'm chill with Dwight Powell. Me and Dwight Powell be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, especially you, Mr. OG Big Border, uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast. It's great to be back. You'll catch me again later in the week. I'll most likely be with my boy Brendan for a while while I look for a full-time co-host. Apparently, I'm not good enough. You can stay the whole course if you want, dude. I'm chill. <laughs> um, any questions, anything that you'd like covered leave a comment in my dms in twitter at taytrain87 that's me or you can dm me on reddit you know where to find me there clippers pulse and then you've got brendan he's running the king's podcast which is king's pulse find him at king's pulse on twitter well thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time say bye brendan later later